Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, everybody. We have uh, uh, our guest today, uh, the Reverend Pastor Chris Gallagher here and his lovely wife, Alice. Thank you. And uh, a couple other brief announcements before we go um, to another announcement, but Daryl's going to need to make an announcement as, uh, as our uh, president of council. Um, also, the uh, fellowship after church is going to be in the fellowship hall because it's a little chilly out there. Okay, there you go. We got that. And um, Pastor Chris's um, uh, class starts tomorrow uh, on being a theologian of the cross. And so we'd invite you to come to that. And uh, let me know if you're coming tomorrow because I have some books. I can order some more. Um, but we have great notes. And um, this is going to be a a really, uh, I think, a life-giving experience for those that attend as to why and how, um, as Lutherans, uh, we view um, our theology. And, uh, and simply, it's, it's Christ and Christ crucified. And, and Luther points us in that, that. It's not Jesus plus something, not Jesus plus what you do uh, you know, to help. It's, it's Christ alone, right? So um, I invite you to come to this. It starts tomorrow uh, morning, and it's in the, the blue uh, handout there. There will be lunch provided, a uh, little soup and finger sandwiches. And um, so 
let's have a good time, okay? And uh, Daryl, would you come up? Yeah, good morning. Uh, just real briefly, I just wanted to talk to you about what's going on with the congregational meeting. We're going to have it on Saturday afternoon after lunch. We're going to have a little lunch served down here at noon. Uh, pardon? Oh, Saturday on the 14th. Uh, prior to that, we used to have a, uh, a pre-meeting in which people could get together and uh, talk about it. Uh, we, we feel that the, the issues are small enough that if you've got any questions about what we're going to be talking about, which is primarily the budget, the election of, uh, of the uh, uh, new members of the council, and then um, we're going to have a little discussion about the ratification for Victory uh, uh, Church, Victory Outreach, Outreach Church, which has moved in with us now. And uh, so what we'd like to do is, is uh, in, in lieu of having another meeting, uh, our regular council meeting will be on the 9th this, this month. Um, of, uh, uh, it'll be next Monday. So if you've got any concerns, come on down then and, and meet with us. If you can't do that, grab any one of our council members and chat with us about that. Um, I think it's going to be a very short meeting. I, don't, I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of issues, but if anybody's got any, we'd, we'd sure like to hear it before we have the, uh, the congregational meeting the following Saturday. So. That's about all I got, just, uh, and Happy New Year. Page, I heard the bells on Christmas Day.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silence. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. As you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, help.
heavenly King, Almighty God and Father. We worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, our God, you take away the sin of the world, mercy on us. Seated at the right hand of the Father, we Let us pray. Almighty God, you wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of Jesus Christ, who came to share our humanity and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 215. Number 6, 22 through 27. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. We will read Psalm 8 uh, responsibly and look on page 6 of the bulletin, and you will find Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, 
What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The third reading is from Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29, and this can be found on page 1813. Galatians 3, 23 through 29. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody, custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel, according to Luke, the second chapter, verse 21. Glory to you, O Lord. And this can be found on page 1591. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Again, so wonderful to be with you all. Wish you a happy new year. And I do thank you for the beautiful Advent stole that you graciously uh, gave me. And um, each time I wear it, I'll be thinking of your love that you have for Christ. And so I do thank you for that. And... Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. And as our New Year is upon us, oh, by the way, our um, sermon comes from our epistle reading uh, to Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And one other note, uh, 
the New, Ameri or New American Standard uses the word uh, tutor instead of guardian. So in, in the reading, uh, it says that the law was a guardian. Um, and in my sermon, I'll be using the word tutor. Okay, so anyway, as our New Year is upon us, it's also a time to come up with brand new New Year's resolutions. After all, we probably ate a little too much and we want to shape up and what's wrong with exercise? It's good for you anyway. We may have spent too much money over the Christmas season and maybe our resolution is to be a little more frugal this year. Or maybe your last year's resolution was to tithe more and you find yourself having to renew that resolution again this year. Or maybe, maybe it's just study more, pray more, read your devotions more. One of my friends on uh, Facebook the other day posted that he um, only read 60 books instead of 66 books. It was six short. Good attempt, but he failed. He wanted to read all 66, right? We seek to be promise keepers, but truth be told, we are promise breakers. We break promises to ourselves, to our spouses, to our friends, and most importantly, we break promises to God, don't we? This morning, we'll ponder Paul's message to the Galatians on how in the flesh, the law of God cannot be kept. And that is why Jesus was born in the manger and came down to earth and went to the cross for you and I to save his people from their sins. According to our Lutheran confessions, there are three uses of the law. One is the civil use of the law. The second is the main one, the spiritual use of the law to convict us of our sins. And the third use of the law is a guide for the Christian. It's how and what the Christian life should look like. Now, the, the first use of the law, the civil use of the law, applies to everybody in general. And the civil use of the law is to curb unrighteousness, to slow it down. If Johnny steals the Hot Wheel in the sandbox, he gets a timeout. If you speed on the freeway and the CHP gives you a ticket, you get a ticket. If you murder, you go to prison. So the, the civil use of the law is to curb all lawlessness, to slow it down. 
And that applies to everybody. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 13. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For the rulers are not the cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Now, the second use of the law, which is the main use of the law, is to convict us of our sin and to lead us to Christ. So what is the law? Well, the law is anything that God commands us to do or not to do that we find in Scripture. And it's more than that. Christianity is not about a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. The law is a reflection of who God is, his holy character, his holy attributes. In him is light, and in him there is no darkness. That's why he instructs Moses when he approaches at the burning bush, take off your sandals, for you walk on holy ground. The other thing that the law does is it points us, points out our sin to us. And also, the sin uses the law to deceive us. Matthew 7.21 Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many of you will say to that on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, those who think they can obtain salvation through the law will surely die for all eternity. And the second use of the law to convict us of our sin is what we find in our epistle to the Galatians this morning in our reading. Listen once again. He says, But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. You see, the law was just, it's just a restraint. It's just a tutor that leads us to Christ. The law cannot give us life. Only what Christ did on the cross for you and for me 
can give us life. And even though we admit that the law is good and holy, we submit to the law of God in our mind, but in our flesh, we serve the law of sin. The law can only condemn us. The law can only bring about death. It cannot bring about life. And the problem that Galatia had was that these Pharisees had come in and they said, oh, you can believe in Christ. That, that's great. But you need to be circumcised as well. It was Christ plus something else. And the Apostle Paul becomes unhinged, furious. One of the most strict words to all the churches in the whole entire Bible. He says in the first chapter of Galatians, he says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not really another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you. He is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say it again now. If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. And this word accursed in the Greek means may God strike you down instantly with lightning. It is not Christ plus something. Christ plus our good works. It is Christ alone who saves. And Paul says that the law is a tutor to lead us to Christ, to show us our sins. <clears throat> Listen to another place that Paul questions the Galatians' discernment. He says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You see, besides being circumcised, these Judaizers had come in and they had put their burden of their dietary regulations upon the church of Galatia too. And this is why, if you recall, while Peter still had pork on his breath, Paul rebukes Peter to his face. He says, why do you separate yourself and go eat with these Judaizers 
when just a second ago you were eating with the Gentiles. He says, what a hypocrite, how dare you? You see, the law either kills or sin uses the law to deceive us. And you know, growing up in non-denominational Christianity, um, they even, they don't even have God's law, the Ten Commandments. They put the burden of the law on you that's not even biblical. Don't watch R-rated movies. Don't listen to secular music. Don't dance. Don't chew. Don't go with girls who do. They're not even biblical. And they burden you with the law. There is no life in the law. The law is a tutor to lead us to Christ. And you get thrown into this type of theology, you're either going to be a Pharisee and thinking you're pulling it off, or you're going to be looking at your neighbor going, how come he's pulling it off and I, how come I'm not? And you give up. You become an antinomian. You, you live as though there is no law. No, the law demands perfection from us because the law is holy and God is holy. And this is why Isaiah fell down, right? In the presence of God. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. When Peter was instructed to throw the net on the other side of the boat, after he'd been fishing all day, okay, Lord, I'll throw the net out. He says, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Right? Isaiah also tells us, right? Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Paul in other places says that our righteousness is dung before God. And we ought to be bowing down as they did in awe of God and His holiness and His majesty. But guess what? Even though the law only kills and brings about death to us, God uses it to bring life to you and to I. Because Paul, in our reading this morning, says, but now that faith has come, now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor or a guardian as we read this morning. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized 
into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. Why then are we no longer under a tutor? Because of the gift of faith. Faith in the one who was born on the manger to die for you. Faith in the fact that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. You are now justified in God's sight because the law in its perfect obedience was fulfilled by Christ. And then he went to the cross for you. The reason why I wear this black shirt under my robe is to remind me that I'm a sinner just like you. The reason I wear this robe is to remind me that I have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Christ has declared you perfect in his sight because Christ kept the law for you. And Christ became the curse for you and hung on that tree. Christ became the curse for you and shed his blood. He went voluntarily there for you. He didn't need any righteousness. He was already righteous. He was the son of the living God who is perfect in all that he does. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came. We just celebrated Christmas in the manger. He came so that he may die for you on Calvary's cross. And our text this morning also says, all of you who have been baptized have been clothed in Christ. Right here in front of you, the baptismal font. He's washed you and cleansed you. And all your guilt and filth remains at the bottom of the font. And it will remain there for all eternity because as you were baptized, you were also raised in the likeness of Christ's resurrection. Raised to a newness of life. You've been made a new creation in Him. And so He says that you are sons of God. through the preaching of the word and in your baptism. Some of you might be wondering, well, pastor, you started off saying there were three uses of the law, but you've only talked about two. Yes, this third use of the law is for the Christian only because a non-believer could care less about God's word. The third use of the law 
tells us how we're doing in this walk in our Christian life. And often, often, this third use of the law is used to bring about legalism. And that's what was happening in Galatia. It was Christ plus being circumcised. Christ plus dietary regulations. Christ plus something. But really, what the third use of the law does is it turns us right back here to the cross. Where we find forgiveness and reconciliation. That's why Luther said that the life of the Christian is a life of repentance. Pick up your cross daily which means that we're to die daily. And so we see that we did die. We died in the baptismal font. And Christ clothed you here with his righteousness. And that's why whether you're male or female, Jew or Greek, you have all been declared sons of God. And that is why Aaron spoke these words to the congregation. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. And in a moment, you'll come up to the altar and you'll get a taste, a reminder of the peace of the Lord that has been given to you in his beloved son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.
Will you please stand while we recite our common creed found in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray as those free from the law and justified by faith, knowing that the Father delights to hear our prayers for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth, the heavens are the work of your fingers, yet you have willed to save us in the most humble and sacrificial of ways. On the eighth day after being born of the Virgin Mary, your son was already at work for our salvation by fulfilling your law and shedding his blood. Receive our thanks for the gifts of righteousness and grace from his, his life of perfect obedience and his death in our place, for our sin. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, in your good and gracious will, you ordained that the infant Jesus might labor for our salvation. Grant that we might always recognize that the smallest and frailest among us are instruments of your blessing and under your protection and give us steadfast boldness to defend the lies of the weakest among us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, in keeping with your word and in thanksgiving for your promises, Mary and Joseph obeyed your command for Jesus on the eighth day that he might be numbered among your people. Bring children to the waters of holy baptism, that they too might be numbered among your saints for the sake of Jesus. Bless the parents who, with godly wisdom and steadfast faith, that they might care for their children in both body and soul and give to them the loving discipline to bless their children, pray with them daily at home, and bring them faithfully to your house, that they might grow in faith and be preserved eternally among your people. Lord, in your mercy, 
Lord God, we were held captive under the law and you condemned by, and, and condemned by our sin until your son set us free by his life, his death, and his resurrection. You give, we give you thanks that we are heirs of your kingdom by grace through faith. And we pray that this gift of salvation might kindle in us a gratitude and a desire to fulfill your law and obey your commandments in service to you and in love for one another. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you declare that in Christ Jesus there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in him. Preserve us from all ungodly prejudice, and at the same time, preserve in us an awareness that you bless servants and masters, males and females, with distinct and specific callings. Grant that we might not resent where you have placed us, nor what you have created us to be, but give us hearts that rejoice to serve as you have ordained. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord of hosts, you declare that sinners cannot look upon your face and live because of their unrighteousness. Yet for the sake of Christ, you now cause your face to shine upon us, and you are gracious to us, and bless and keep us by your grace, and especially remember those in need who cry out to you, who cry out to you for mercy, including those that we name silently in our hearts right now or out loud. According to your will, and wisdom. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have clothed us with Christ and his righteousness in holy baptism, and now you give us his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Grant to all who receive your holy supper this day humble hearts that acknowledge their sin and rejoice in your undeserved grace. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You made your Son a little lower than the heavenly beings for our salvation, and now he sits enthroned in heaven, crowned with glory and honor. Receive our thanks for all of your people who have gone before us, who bore your name in this world and now stand before you in heaven. Bless us all in this new year and preserve us in your name and faith until that day when we also stand before you in glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on the tree of the cross gave salvation to all, that where death began their life might be restored, and that he who by a tree once overcame might by a tree overcome. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it, giving it to his disciples and saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread or we drink from this cup, that we do proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his coming again. Let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We do practice open communion here at Reformation Lutheran Church. And what that means is that if you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
if you confess out loud with your lips, as you have done to the words of the Apostles' Creed, then come. The table is prepared. It is a foretaste of the feast to come. You may be seated.
Will you please stand? My wife um, has an uncle, and he has since gone to the Lord within the last month. And Uncle Sonny used to say, when asked, how are you doing? He goes, every day is a holiday. And then he would explain that it's a holy day. Every day is a holy day. And, and today was a holy day. We've been blessed by your presence, by the Lord's being here, by Chris, your proclamation, by the beautiful music. Thank you. That's what a family reunion is supposed to be like and a worship service is supposed to be like. So I'm so glad to be a part of your family, and I'm so glad you're here. Let us rejoice. And this week, let's give them heaven out there instead of the other one. And let's, let's go in love because that's what he has set us free to do. We don't have to watch out for the law. We just love. Well, there's a little bit of law right there, wasn't that, Chris? All right. Go in peace. How about that? Now the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Silent Night on page 65.